Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Live on SEN Track, this is Race Car with Gareth Hall. Text in anytime on 0499 736 736. And for all today's tips, head to the Track Hub on the SEN app. Good morning. Welcome to Race Car. Thanks to Ladbrokes. It's making every race this Saturday even more exciting. Just download the app today and Ladbroke it. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We are live for Race Card. Thanks to Ladbrokes here at the Magic Millions Complex, the famous Magic Millions Complex here on the Gold Coast. As we get set for the first ever Sunshine Stars Yearling Sale, thanks to Nuker and Equine. And I know the boss of Ladbrokes, Dean Shannon, loves his trots, and I think he might be active here at the sales tomorrow afternoon. And we're joined by two gentlemen that have done a lot of work to make sure that this event... um, will be a success, hopefully, when the sales start tomorrow. First of all, from Albion Park, um, Greg Mitchell, thanks for joining us, Mitch. Um, great to have you here, and um, are you excited? Always a pleasure, Gareth. Yep, super excited, mate. Yeah, Really keen for the first sale, and um, we put a lot of hard work in behind it with Racing Queensland and the club working collaboratively together, and um, to see it all up and running now, yep, really excited. And David Brick, the boss of Harness Racing at Racing Queensland, joins us. Hello to you, Bricky. Hello, Gareth. Thanks for having us, and uh, good morning to your listeners. Yeah, it's been a big couple of years for Harness Racing in Queensland, and um, I've got to give credit to everybody involved with Harness Racing in this state because it's a sport, and I've seen it in my time covering this the, the game because I've got a great passion for the trots, but um, it's a sport that has sometimes lacked imagination and innovation and people willing just to have a crack at it. Um, and we've seen Harness Racing in this state do just that and it's great to see the rewards for having a go yeah I'm, I'm the same as you Gareth I, mean, I think being someone who hasn't really been brought up in the sport yeah. but, but developed a passion and I guess you see other sports and how they develop it and I guess I've aimed and through our team aimed to bring that to harness racing in Queensland as best we can to engage with new audiences but also engage the existing audience uh and our existing participants and, and develop some confidence for them in the industry. And uh, this is no different to sale that uh, I think the, the confidence in the industry you can see and people that you speak to, they can see the industry growing and, and they've got a real confidence in it. And that's ultimately what we'd like to see. And I think, Greg, sometimes we forget that. We, we do need to attract new people to the game, but we also need to look after the people that love the game as well. Yeah, it's a great balance that uh, we've got to get right that uh, the existing participants are catered for but we need new blood in the sport all the time and um, the innovations that David and his team and the club have put together and and, and that, that's the aim to bring them to the table. Yeah. How have you seen Queensland harness racing in the last couple of years? Yeah no definitely we, we've gone leaps and bounds and, and you know I know you said that we're probably third but I think we're probably second now yeah. and, and I think we're well on our way to becoming first. I think we're definitely leading the way of doing new things all the time. Yeah. We're prepared to try things. Some work, some don't. And, um, you know, if you don't don't put them out there and give them a go, you never know. 
Um, so, and obviously with the new facility that's going to be built here in Queensland in, in the next couple of years, uh, we're going to have a state-of-the-art harness centre, uh, on-course stabling, which I know we've had a number of inquiries of interstate and New Zealand trainers looking to take boxes there. Um, so I think the sport's in a good spot. I think that might be the game changer, talking to a few the interstate trainers and, as you pointed out, Greg, from New Zealand as well, that if you've got a... If you can set up a facility that you can allow people to train their horses a little bit like they do in the US and you race three times at that track, Bricky, it could be a game changer. Yeah, look, the, the industry here has like, been very resilient given the, the facilities we've got. I mean, we've been able to grow our racing product in the last five years, but that's on the back of venues that are, you know, 40, 50 years old, and as you said, without training facilities. So I think once you overlay that with a new facility, like Greg was saying, and you put on some quality training facilities, I think for our own people, but also as interstate and, and hopefully new entrants, we can, we can certainly further grow that. So... You know, our aim is to race there three to four times a week and we're certainly not looking to take away from our existing club uh, the, the volume of racing. We're looking to grow and that's, that's one thing that we think this venue will provide to the industry. So, Bricky, in five years' time, when you have that plan, um, where do you want to see harness racing in this state be? I think, as Greg said, you know, we'd, we'd love to be the best. In the, in the country and if that means other states continue to improve and we're still number two well that's great for the industry nationally we want to see the industry nationally grow but we want to be part of that and help lead that so you know as I said we want to be racing you know seven plus meetings a week in that in, in sort of five years time we want to have you know close to 500 Q-bred foals on the ground here we're at about 350 at the moment so that's the type of direction we're trying to take the industry but we're trying to do it in a sustainable manner not just have a big spike and then down the next year we want it to, to, to be sustained. Greg you've been passionate about getting these sales and making sure that Queensland has a healthy standard bread sale. Um, this is the first year for the Sunshine Stars yearling sale is it what you have when you had this grand plan for it have you exceeded your expectations heading into the first year? We probably exceeded the number of Yep. Entries we got, but as far as the concept come together, um, it actually happened really easily and quickly. And Nutrient Racing Queensland and the club um, all bought in to the vision. Uh, it was it was put together, and as David said, this is a sustainable sale for years to come. Um, so yeah, it's it's it, what what the thought that we had and what it's actually materialised to be is is what what it was supposed to so what will make this a successful sale in your eyes what do you need to do to make sure because it's a it is a big punt you need to you need to get it right um a healthy sale is, means a healthy sport yeah no look we uh we set a budget that we want to have a, a minimum 70 percent clearance rate and and an average of thirty-three thousand. so uh like all things we need kpis that we've got to hit um, and we need to be accountable to our vendors who, who have been good enough to give us our stock to sell and um, also our purchases. We've, we've got good quality stock for them to buy with um, the best return available for any yearling purchased in Australia this year. You can race for $2.1 million if you're bred, and obviously that figure's pretty close depending on if you're New South Wales or Vic bred. and there's horses here for everyone. Yeah, and you've been passionate as well to make sure that you get some of the interstate and international buyers arrive here because you've got a, a great carnival now that you've established for six odd weeks in the middle part of the year that um, will have some terrific Q-bred races and sales races involved in that carnival now um, and we've seen it even as the Magic Millions gallops sales have um, 
gone on in the years, they've become like it's difficult for the Queensland trainers. We don't want this to happen here in the trots, but it's hard for the Queensland trainers to, to take on the bigger um, New South Wales and Victorian stables now when it comes to the gallops. Yeah, in relation to the gallops, it is. In the harness, uh, our Queensland trainers buy and hold their own. And um, I think, uh, as you said, the, the ex experience that we've had with the interstate buyers that are here and the, the New Zealand buyers that are coming is that they're all keen to buy a Q-bred horse, uh, take it home and come back for the winter carnival. Um, that's going to be a huge uh, asset that, that it entices people to buy. And, um, you know, the winter carnival is actually jam-packed now with what, what Racing Queensland increased the prize money on a number of races, the new square for the trotters. And I think um, that's definitely really, really attractive. Bricky, how have you been able to do it? Um, prize money increases with the sport of harness racing because other jurisdictions around the country have found it difficult to do what you guys have been able to do. Oh, look, I think it starts from the board strategy uh, led by Brendan Parnell, the CEO, and, and the relationship with government. That's been a, a significant part of it. And obviously, most recently, the, the point of consumption tax yeah. changes uh, and the, the revenue that flows back to racing from that. So that's that's been a significant enabler for, for our industry here, whether it be harness racing, thoroughbreds or greyhounds. And all three codes have been able to use... Uh, the investment in different ways to help grow their, their product. But from a harness code point of view, it's, it's certainly been, it's great to be able to have some investment. It's, it's great to have it, then you've got to use it properly. And so that's something that we're continually working with. We've got plenty of feedback as to how we do it, but we, we, we aim to engage with the industry. Uh, one, to the existing industry as to how we can help them. But then, as I said, other innovations such as the Hayden and that as to how we can speak yep. to people outside the industry and, and, and bring new people in. So it's a bit of a balance between the two. There's been a lot happening at Albion Park. The move isn't far away, Greg. Um, uh, what, what, what's the time frame there? And explain to our, our listeners across the country what is happening with the harness racing from a metropolitan point of view in this state. So, uh, you know, we've uh, Racing Queensland in conjunction with the club have announced that uh, they've purchased a, a property at Norwell for us to move to. And where is Norwell? Norwell's um, Stapleton, Yatlow. It's sort of halfway in between the Gold yep. Coast and Brisbane. Uh, it's really accessible. Um, you can come in from the Gold Coast Airport or the Brisbane Airport. Um, and the timeline is that we will start racing there December 26. Um, so this year? Uh, 26, year yeah. to 2026. Yeah. There's a lot of planning happening in the background at this stage with uh, uh, what the facility should look like, what it should house, what size track. Um, all that's taking place as, as we go through the, the process and, and that'll be announced in due course. So there'll be plenty of consultation with our participants um, with interstate people and, and New Zealand people because we want to have the best facility if we're spending, you know, $100 million. Um, so we're going to make sure that it is the best racing facility in Australia. That's exciting. Don't make it too big of a track, Bricky. Well, that'll be part of the consultation process, Small, Gareth. 800, 900 metre tracks are the most exciting. Just build the camber properly and then um, I'll tell you what, you'll nail it. Well, we've got a consultation process starting in the next week or two. There'll be an opportunity to, for people to have the negotiables and yep. non-negotiables. So I encourage you to yep. jump on there and, and put that feedback in. Well, I'll be, I'll be um, campaigning hard for that. <laughs> yeah, no, we hear that. We hear yep. that. I'm pretty sure, and I, like I'm not speaking, I'm only speaking for myself, that uh, I can't see the track being any bigger than a 1,000. Thank God uh, for that, yeah, because no. Menangle, we, and Menangle's got its place, and um, I'm not having a crack at that track, but, geez, like in a Miracle Mile, if you draw wide, you still can't win. 
and they say that every horse would get their opportunity if you had a 1,600-metre track. Yeah. And they don't make moves. They went a 62-middle half. Yeah. They're in a heat of a miracle mile. I'm with like, you. Give me a spell, people. So 800-metre um, tracks with a great camber. Attack Drivers can attack with a lead time. And then we see moves have a push-out rule. Um, and that's an entertaining product for mine. Yep. I don't want to do your job for you, Bricky, but that's what I would do. Can you camp? Can you be in my corner, please, Mister? No, Mitchell? no, I'm, I'm with you, Gareth. We need exciting racing. Yep. We need moves to be made. We need drivers to have the confidence that they can go when they need to. It's not a leader biased, or you can win from anywhere. And, and part of the discussion that I've that I've put up, and, and which part of the consultation is, I think we should have a and to, another thing to trial is a, a one, two, and three horse sprint lane that can be moved, yep. so that we can trial these things. Is the racing better? Is it not? And we need to keep evolving the sport. It can't just keep being what it is. Menangle, as you said, it's got its place. They run fast time. Personally, this is only my opinion. It's not a visually on-course experience that I'd like. Yep. Uh, and you know, I don't find the racing exciting. When you, when you watch sport, you love to see the skills of the athlete, whether it's the in-harness racing, if it's the standard bred or the driver. And I, I still think that when you watch a product like, let's say, Gloucester Park, for instance, you can see a driver like Gary Hall Jr. weave his magic three back the fence and he rarely gets held up because he's got the ability under the rules to push out and only certain drivers can do that. And then horses are jostling for position. Um, for me, that's entertaining harness racing. Um, and usually you get to see the best horses and hopefully the best drivers taste success. Or when Pete McMullen comes out burning off the gate because he needs to or makes a mid-race move. Um, for me, that's what makes the sport so much fun. Yeah, I think they're really good points that you make. And the other thing we've got to consider is that at the moment here in Queensland, we've got two tracks, so we've got to be mindful as well as catering for the horse population yep. that's here. So they're all the things that will go into it. We'll certainly also engage and have already with wagering partners because that's an important aspect in terms of uh, is there any difference between one track to the next. So we'll get all that information back. And we're lucky we have got Melton, you've got Menangle, you've got Gloucester Park. And to be able to overlay that and, and put that as part of the... Uh, decision-making process. Stay with us. We'll take a break on race card. Thanks to Ladbrokes. Ladbrokes is making every race even more exciting. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We'll take a break and Adam Hamilton will be joining us here. Live on SEN Track, this is Race Card with Gareth Hall. Text in anytime on 0499 736 736. And for all today's tips, head to the Track Hub on the SEN app. It's not Back to race card on this Saturday morning on SEN Track right across the country. Thanks to Ladbrokes, is making every race this Saturday even more exciting. Download the app today and Ladbroke it. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. He's Dean Shadow's right-hand man these days, Adam Hamilton. He joins us. He'll be at the, he'll be at the sales tonight, I think, and tomorrow. Good morning to you, Adam. You're with Gareth Hall, of course. David Brick and Greg Mitchell on this um, Saturday morning, mate. And um, you'd have you. You've got your pockets full, ready to buy up at these sales, I would imagine. Well, I'll certainly be going out to have a uh, to have a good look, Gareth. Uh, look, the catalogue looks outstanding, and yeah, morning to Greg and David, who are doing such a great job with Queensland harness racing in general. There's just a tremendous buzz around, and uh, yeah, it was remarkable last night to bump into two of the great legends of New Zealand harness racing who've come across for the sales in brothers Mark Purden and Barry Purden. So that shows the reach that 
that the sales are getting to. Really looking forward to getting out there for a bit of a function this afternoon, Gareth, and, and then, the, then the parade and the sales themselves tomorrow. So, yeah, terrific weekend. Adam, in your time covering the sport, um, Queensland has always been a proud harness racing state, but, um, and I'm not just saying this because the Greg and Bricky are with me, but they might be, in five years' time, they could be the number one state the way that they're going. Well, there's so there's so many exciting things, you know. Queensland racing is in a healthy state in general, and look, the guys can talk more to this themselves. But this is as a, someone who has observed from afar for a lot of the time, and and I must say, been to some tremendous carnivals and inter dominions up here in Queensland. But never in my time, and you know, oh, I'm no spring chicken. I've been covering the game for about thirty years or so, but this is the greatest vibe there's been around Queensland harness racing and you know at that little bit of time to wait for the new track but the new track brings with it a whole new generational opportunity for harness racing in this state it's positioned in between the Gold Coast and Brisbane it's going to be a, a, a centre of excellence for training as well I've got absolutely no doubt that some of the biggest names in Australasian harness racing will seriously look at, at making Queensland home once the new track is set up. It's, it just makes sense to do so. Now, Greg, what about the Inter-Dominion? Um, it's at the end of the year. I'm surprised you didn't... Like, could you change it to the, to the middle part of the year? Um, not, not, not could we. Yeah. We should. Yeah. And the Inter-Dominion... I, I find it... I, oh. It's it just I can't work it out. Like yeah. it's yeah. such a busy time, and then you want horses travelling to Queensland and back in the middle of summer, um, and then you got that famous carnival that everybody can have a little bit of a holiday and do what the Inter Dominion was designed to do to bring people together to have two weeks um, and get to see the best horses compete against each other. And having it in the latter part of December doesn't allow that. It's a no-brainer. And, and again, as I said earlier, the sport needs to evolve and innovate and. The people on these committees that are making these decisions of when Inter Dominion should be run need to get with the times. Who 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 are those people? Oh, that's probably one for Bricky. From a host point of view, that agreement initially was with Harness Racing New South Wales and HRV and Harness Racing New Zealand at the time when they put the tender bid to HRA. So that's probably the starting point. We've bought into that with New Zealand moving out. Uh, we certainly said we're open to having a look at other times of the year. Obviously, from this year point of view, there wasn't really enough time to be able to do that. And we also had some irons in the fire for our own carnival as well. So I think it's certainly something that we're open to discuss. Uh, we do think there's room, though, for us to invest in carnivals at different times of the year, though. And that's one yeah. thing that we do see from our point of view. We have a really big winter, but through until the, our summer carnival is not as big. So... Having the Inter there provides us the opportunity. And look, I think it, it provides us an opportunity this year to see how it goes. If uh, if it's not a, uh, a success in terms of what we're aiming to achieve, then that's something that we'll certainly look at. But we've got to do that in conjunction with the other partners. So I'm just trying to work it out now. You'll have the New Zealand Cup and then the Kiwis might come across to Brisbane. But in between that, you've got a host of feature racing in Victoria. Um, and then no chance getting WA horses because they've got their Fremantle and WA Pacing Cup, Adam. I, I, I think it's, like, I don't know. I'm, I've got respect for administrators, Adam, but sitting on that board, making a decision, moving that, that Inter-Dominion to Queensland and think that 
this is going to be the best for harness racing's biggest race. Well, it's just, I can't fathom. It's just, it's hard to believe, mate. How does that happen? Yeah, look, the Inter-Dominion is as close to my heart as anything in harness racing. It's, it's what got me into the sport. And, you know, I was asked to present only a couple of weeks ago to a group of people about, you know, the defining moments in my time covering the sport. And the vast majority, not the vast majority, about 90% of those were Inter-Dominions. But the Inter-Dominion is not what it was. And it's not suited in the in the place on the calendar that it is but um but there's a broader piece to it it's not just as simple as one state saying we're going to move it and we're going to run it in this time slot it requires uh consultation and uniformity between the states to agree on it and you know i think the biggest thing about the inter-dominion is that well two biggest things the state money's an absolute embarrassment, but there's a raft of reasons why it's still sitting um, at such a low level. And I'm not, not in any way having a crack at Queensland for that because it's part of a broader structure which sets the state money. So um, but the, the most concerning thing about the Inter-Dominion is that it is the greatest brand the sport has got. It's the biggest thing. that We've got two almighty brands in harness racing. We saw the leveraging of one of them last weekend, the Miracle Mile, because, as Andy and Kate Gaff were saying, they've won a Hunter Cup before, but they've never, never got the exposure they've got like winning a Miracle Mile with Catch a Wave. But the Inter-Dominion is even bigger than that. If you walk into a room of thoroughbred people and ask them to tell you the biggest race in harness racing, 98% of them are going to say the Inter-Dominion. But it's, it's, it's nowhere near as loved widely by the industry and looked after widely by the industry as it should be, Gareth. Yeah, I can't understand that, Bricky. Well, let us have a crack this year, Gareth, and we'll have a chat. No, I'm backing you December. in. That's why I'm bringing it up. Because, yeah, no. um, well, can I, I throw up one thing here? Can I throw yeah. up one thing here about the Inter-Dominion? I genuinely think there should be consideration instead of... I I know history saw it as a rotational event, but I think it's getting very close to the time where we actually need to find a home for the Inter-Dominion. And I'm interested in your thoughts on this, Bricky and Greg, because whilst you guys love the Inter-Dominion and I love it, it's hard to throw the kitchen sink at it financially, marketing-wise when you don't have it every year, isn't it? Because you, you're, you invest so heavily in one event, but you don't get the flow on to try and get the people to come year after year to it because it goes to a different city. Yeah, it's a good point, Adam. I think that's the challenge for us in terms of people saying, well, you know, put it into to winter. Obviously, we've done a hell of a lot of work around our constellations, so we've got to be mindful of that product. And it's no different, as you said, for other states. So... If it's in one state, it probably provides the opportunity for them to bring it into their calendar as to how it fits and, and work in nationally. And, you know, we're certainly open to that discussion with uh, the Inter-Dominion Event Council and the other states, uh, and we want to be part of the solution to the Inter-Dominion. You know, as you said, I'm similar to yourself in terms of someone who grew up with the Inter-Dominion as something that you'd listen to sometimes. You know, I remember listening on the, the ABC used to cover it when I was on, you know, holidays and things like that. That's the that's the reach that it had when I was a, a, a young kid. So, 
you certainly uh, have that association with it and, and it's a proud brand and one, as you said, that it still is the number one brand from a harness racing point of view. So we want to be part of that solution. As you said, I think, you know, the, the prize money's one significant part of that, particularly when we have a look at harness racing prize money, but then there are other codes. And when you're speaking to people outside the sport, when you talk about the level of prize money, uh, while that doesn't mean everything, I think there's, you know, there's certainly an expectation as to what level of prize money goes with a, you know, a serious race, whether it be harness, greyhounds or, th or, uh, or thoroughbreds. I reckon in the middle part of the year, the blacks are faking Inter Dominion has a nice ring to it. I think David's been a little bit diplomatic. Let's yeah. be frank. The Inter Dominion is the single best thing this sport's got to promote, yeah. and it's the most neglected Correct. by this industry. I think it needs to be given to one state, Queensland, Correct. for 10 years, locked into a, a, a date, which is either win a carnival or, I'm saying, September in between that and the summer. Um, working with the other states so there is zero clashes around the free-for-all horses that can attend and New Zealand and increase the prize money to the level that it deserves. And as Adam said, anyone you talk to, and we need to take this into account, although it's our industry's biggest event, it's also, you talk to people outside the industry, it's the only event they know. Yeah. And we need to put it back where it deserves to be. It's a pub test. If you go into a pub today and you go, what's Harness Racing's biggest race? They say the Inter-Dominion. Um, yeah, I think it's important that everyone gets around the table and I know that they've got their states to look after, but you say, well, how, like harness racing needs to work together. Um, and unfortunately, they haven't got the market. So like if Victoria wanted the Inter-Dominion, then they sacrifice the Hunter Cup or the, the harness racing New South Wales don't want to sacrifice the Miracle Mile. But Queensland's got an opportunity. You've got the Blacks of Fake, but you could make the Blacks of Fake into the Blacks of Fake Inter-Dominion and that could be your biggest race, and that would um, be great for the sport. Middle part of the year, everybody can turn up to Queensland um, for a winter. It'll be a three weeks to remember. Um, so hopefully that gets, that gets done. We are running out of time. Um, so get to the sales. If you're listening in Victoria, New South Wales, WA, in Tassie, um, or New Zealand, you can buy online. It's pretty easy to do that with Nutrient Equine and um, hopefully we can look after the, well, the vendors can get rewarded for all of the hard work that they've put in. Great. Yeah, no, 100% Gareth. Anyone that's not able to attend, get online, ring Mark Barton, register. The, the, the sale's live streamed. Um, there's something again that we're trying new that hasn't been done at a sale anywhere that we know of in, in harness racing is a lot of the reserves are, are going to be advertised so people know what, what, what people are expecting. Which is great, I think. I think it's great. I think yep. people know, okay, and uh, Craig Judd's put his prices up already and, and they've surprised me and I'm now going to look at two of his horses that I thought I wouldn't be able to afford. Yep. So I think it's going to be a really interesting, innovative sale and um, anyone needs any help, just ring Mark Barton and uh, get on board. Well done, mate, with your club, Albion Park and Bricky. I tell you what, I can't believe Victoria let you go. No, well, I'm, I'm a proud Queenslander now, Gareth. Yep. And if I could just say, after the sale, make sure those that haven't bought a horse or if they've got some money to spend or if there's a few vendors that have got some money to spend, there's a slot auction after for, the, for our part of the Eureka. Okay. Uh, so... The slot auction, uh, we encourage people to put their hand up and buy a barrier and then go find a horse and, yep. and enter our slot race. I might buy a barrier and talk to Kevin and Kay. I'll go to Kay. I'll, like, forget about Leap to Fame. I'll have Leap to Fame. Let Kev find another one. <laughs> He's got plenty. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good on you, Adam. Thanks for that, mate. Thanks, we'll see Adam. you at the sales. Yeah, good on you. Look forward to catching up over the next couple of days, fellas. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Thanks, thanks Bricky. No I think we've saved Harness Racing's problems there. And, um, yep.
hopefully, hopefully we can come together as one. We desperately need to. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Nicholas Quinn live from Flemington. Gareth Hall with you. We are live from uh, the Magic Millions Complex, of course, for the upcoming Sunshine Stars yielding sale. Inspections underway and we have the auction starting tomorrow morning. Um, let's catch up with uh, Nicholas Quinn. Ladbrokes, of course, is making every race this Saturday even more exciting. Download the app today and Ladbroke it. Make sure you gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Quinny, you're live at Flemington, mate. What's the vibe like ahead of what promises to be a magical day? Because that new market handicap as we celebrate the 150th running of the famous handicap down the straight there at Flemington is an absolute beauty. Good morning, Gareth. Good morning, all. And Hayliss looking to be the last favourite to win the race back in 2012. So if you're with one of the top fancies in the market looking to break a bit of recent history, then we're not quite sure who will start favourite. Initially, it looked like I Wish I Win, who was as short as $2.70 in pre-post betting this time last week. But there's been a swing towards the second elect in secret. We know she relishes the straight. And she now is the market leader at $4.60. Very open race. Gareth, who do you think starts favourite and who do you like? Well, we had a chat to Jules Valance this morning, of course, with a new segment that um, I think will just dominate the airways on a Saturday morning when we analyse the markets called the opening bell. And he was pretty, he was indicating that in secret, the filly, he's looking to become the 19th three-year-old filly to win a new market, will start favourite. Um, I wish I win, he says, might get out to $6.00. Um, private eye will be solid in the market. So it'll be fascinating to watch the betting here. I, I think horses like Bella Nipatina, Rock and Horse represent some great value um, for this race. So I think that, geez, uh, this Marzu's another one. I know, as you pointed out just before, horses first up um, have got a, a poor record. I think there's only been one winner first up. Who's, who's, who's been first up in the last 100 years, and that was Red Kirk Warrior. But Marsu and horses like Private Eye, they're full of class. So it's going to be fascinating to watch this, this the betting um, in the last 10 or so minutes. Quinny, what are you reading it like with Ladbrokes? Oh, um, the market has been within secret. Punos Notches has been a firmer as well, 14 into 9.50. Lofty strike 10. Marzu at 12. I've backed Private Eye. I've had a unit to win, three units to place. Currently $8 to win, $2.80. I just love this horse now over the 1,200 metres. He's had six attempts for four victories and a placing. He was terrific winning the Gill Guy over these same circumstances as we get today, the 1,200 at Flemington. I'd slightly preferred a wider draw, but I think should get every chance just off the speed and hopefully class will prevail. So Private Eye for me but it sounds like you're going a little bit wider and it might be one of those legs with the quaddy. You go as wide as you can afford to, Gareth. Yeah, Dis Ballin and Patina into $12 now with Ladbroke. So she's been heavily supported in the last 24 hours. Marzu into $12. I wish I went out to five fifty. Rock and Horse solid at 23 Ball of the Queenslander at 23 The Astrologist, who was second in this race last year, is at 60 to one Lofty strikeout to 10 Front page, the pride of the Riverina in New South Wales at 26. Star Patrol at 26. What's that? Blinkers on. A bit of a whisper around for what's that today. Um, $67. Yeah. And then Bordens Notches at 950 So last year we saw Rock and Horse win at close to 100 to 1. Um, it's nearly a field job for me. The only horse that I wouldn't have in the quaddy would be Chain of Lightning because I think she needs a little bit of give into the 
bit of give in the ground and even snapper. Um, I think they might just be a little bit too good for him here. He, he will lead to the to the clock tower and whether he can keep on going. But apart from that, I think there's there's chances. I'd give every other horse a chance here. No, I wouldn't argue with that. But if we are going very, very wide in that leg of the quaddy, is there a trim-up leg? Is there one race, Gareth, where we think we can focus on the top one, two or three in the market and hopefully go skinny that leg and go bang and then potentially hope for a fat result in the new market? I think the, the prelude to the Aussie Cup's a beauty, but it's difficult. Um, where do I give a chance? Emissary, I give a chance. Right, you are. And dare I say it, like... Um, Bob Peters' horses are just not firing at the moment. But with Regal Powell first up, with the blinkers on, at his best, he would go very close. So um, you'd have to put him in. In the third league, Scalopini will be hard to beat. Um, I think he's nearly one of the better bets on the program. So I might just go with him one out and take the punt there, mate. And then um, Jules Valance and Benny, I said, were keen on, is it me? Um they're keen to back this horse in the last race. Unbeaten at the moment, Jamie Carr ride. So we could go skinny towards the back end, Quinny, but it is a difficult quality today. It is. I think it's one of those ones where we can take full advantage of the flexi betting opportunity. I want to throw one at you in the lucky last. Jenny Jerome has been well back today at $8. A couple of bets of 4000 each way. So Jenny Jerome, a last start winner looking to get the job done here after a nice win at Ballarat. Harry Coffey set to steer for Patrick Payne. She's always shown plenty of promise. I think she'll be suited by the Flemington conditions today. She'll be strong through the line over the 1,400 metres. So I'm not doubting it is me, but if we wanted another little bit of a safety net maybe in that last leg, I'd be throwing Jenny in for a quality perspective, that's for sure. What about your best bets at Flemington today, Quinny? And then we'll get um, your opinion on some of those Sydney races, including the Coolmore Classic. My two best bets are in races one and two, Gareth. So I'll be absolutely flying or absolutely cast or maybe just somewhere in the middle should we go one from two. But Matthew Stewart's will pass. So if I am cast, I know exactly who I'll be snipping. But shock him over who was a real eye-catcher at the Valley last time out. Flashed home for second, and I anticipate we'll go one better today. Albert undefeated Shockamover on that occasion. I anticipate they'll reverse the result here, and I think race one, number four, Shockamover. Probably the best bet at Flemington today. Always love it when that's in race number one to hopefully build a bank. And Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr., they've got the top two in the betting in race number two, and I anticipate it will be the debut winner at Geelong in What You Need, who will make it two from two today, was an effortless four-length victor on that occasion. For mine, looks a class above. That's race two, number six, What You Need. Hopefully go bang, bang, and play with the bank's money for the duration of the program, Gareth. What about the Coolmore Classic before we let you go? The Coolmore Classic, that's... uh, one of the more challenging races on the program. I'm just going to refresh the app. And uh, don't, don't you love it when, when you need it to go quickly and it does take a little longer than we anticipate. Anavisto is going to be mighty hard to beat. Currently a $4.80 favourite. And looking forward to this horse winning because some Essendon footballers who are now retired and in this horse are all going to get tattoos with Anavisto on the wrist if she is okay. successful. I think she does deserve to be favourite. But the runner I like at double figure odds, number three, hope in your heart. An impressive win last start. Has drawn a little nicely, I think, by this stage of the day where it won't be too much of a disadvantage to be slightly wider. And I think a double-figure odds will be there in the finish. So I'm going to back Anavisto, but definitely having something on the three. Hope in your heart. My best bet up there today. Race three, number four, fine point.
first up today. J-Max steers for Chris Waller. I think we'll be too good, Gareth. Love your work, Quinny. Enjoy headquarters today. And that new market should be your beauty. We appreciate your time. Always a pleasure to speak to you, my friend. This is Race Card Gareth Hall with you. We're doing it for Ladbrokes. It's making every race this Saturday even more exciting. Download the app today and Ladbroke it. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We'll catch up with Tommy Wood live from Hong Kong straight after this. Live on SEN Track, this is Race Card with Gareth Hall. Text in anytime on 0499 736 736. And for all today's tips, head to the Track Hub on the SEN app. Welcome back to Race Card. Thanks to Ladbrokes on this Saturday morning. We are live from the Gold Coast. And if you're around the Gold Coast region, make sure you head to um, the Gold Coast Magic Million Sales Complex for the Yearling Parade later on this afternoon, 4, four o'clock or 4.30 Queensland time um, for the Sunshine Stars Yearling Sale Parade. And then the sales start tomorrow, of course, around 11 o'clock Queensland time. But... Tommy Wood from the Hong Kong Jockey Club joins us because we're racing at Sha Tin today. But before we try and find a winner there at Sha Tin this afternoon, Tom, Mark Newnham, big news coming out of Hong Kong and Australia yesterday with the superstar Sydney trainer um, packing up and heading to Hong Kong. Yeah, he is. Uh, Gareth, good morning to you. Uh, he arrived into Hong Kong on Thursday night and said it was uh, ushered secretly to the, or not so secretly anyway, to the, the Jockey Club on the Friday morning and presented to, to the media there is that the new trainer here in Hong Kong for next season. Um, great for Mark. He's got a lot of uh, Asian and Hong Kong connections. He's uh, been coming up for many a year to the international meetings and the, the Derby meeting. He's prepared plenty of horses that have uh, come up for here and also been successful. And he has all the rights of pedigree and credentials, Gareth, to uh, be vying for a, a championship in years to come. Yeah, so he'll head up next season. Is he the only trainer that will get a licence or is there um, some availability for other international trainers maybe to get the green light to head to Hong Kong? What's the situation there? Um, they, Andrew Harding, the, the executive director of racing yesterday, uh, was asked sort of what the, the, the capacity at the moment was uh, like in terms of uh, uh, training facilities. I think there's 22 trainers on the roster at the moment. There is capacity for... Uh, 24, whether there's any uh, retirements or trainers that uh, okay. haven't met uh, the benchmark uh, this season, um, that'll be sort of uh, come up uh, in a, a few months uh, time from now. There could be uh, a local uh, trainer or a, a local assistant trainer promoted into the ranks as well. There's a lot of talk uh, around a guy called Cody Moe, who's the assistant trainer to uh, Tony Cruz, that he was going to get a spot at the end of last season, but it ended up being Pierre Ong. So they, they'd like to try and have a balance of sort of Roughly half the expat, roughly half the local. So we'll just have to watch the space in the, the few months to come. All right, mate. How are we making a dollar at uh, Sha Tin this afternoon? Yeah, I thought uh, not a bad program out there today. Typical sort of uh, Saturday card, but uh, first start in race six, number eight, I like uh, by the name of Hong Kong Hall for uh, David Hall and Zach Purton. Always got to take note uh, when that combination uh, strikes up a, a partnership. And he's been trialling uh, well. He's had numerous trials here. He trialled in New Zealand with uh, Chad Ormsby. Actually, his first trial here at Chartini dropped Zach Purton coming out of the gates. But uh, Zach's pretty much stuck with him right the way through. So I think that's a, a good indicator of his ability and uh, He's coming into this, striking a race that isn't overly strong. So race six, number eight, Hong Kong four. Uh, in the last race, I thought uh, race 10, number 11, Dream Pursuer, who 
will come up at a decent price when he takes on the likes of Dragon's Luck, who's three from four, and Golden Express, who should be a lot closer from barrier two today. But Dream Pursuit trolled really well down the straight a couple of trials ago. They had him entered for a race. He only got onto the standby list, didn't get a run. But he's trolled again since on the all-wheeler behind a horse called Gummy Gummy, and he ran well midweek at Happy Valley. Uh, was only just defeated there. So race 10, number 11, Dream Pursuer on an each-way basis in that final race. All right, mate. You confident that we can strike today? Yeah, I think so. Uh, laser victory, he'd be another chance as well for uh, Jamie Richards, Zach Curtin, earlier on in the day. And uh, in race three, number seven, Geno Flash could be one through the, uh, for the multis or the all-ups as well. All right, then, Tommy, just before we let you go, I've got about a minute. Um, so the Derby's next Sunday, Golden Slipper Day. There's a few questions coming through. Can Hong Kong jockeys head to Sydney for the slipper or is it too close to a big day like the Derby that they don't, they're not allowed to go? Uh, Zach Purton, I spoke to him yesterday. Excuse the noise in the background. Two-year-old playing right. up. Um, That's all right, mate. Uh, spoke, to, spoke to Zach Purton yesterday. He's not going down to that meeting. He's going down to the... Uh, the TJ and the uh, the, okay. the Derby meeting down there. So yeah. he's definitely not going. He's made that commitment to the, the Quox, the, the owner of uh, Beauty Eternal, that uh, his focus will be on the Derby. All right, mate. Thanks for your time, Tommy, and good luck with the two-year-old, mate. You've done a wonderful job there. Cheers, see you later. There's Tom Wood from the Hong Kong Jockey Club. And that is Race Card. Thanks to Ladbrokes. He's making every race this Saturday even more exciting. Download the app today and Ladbroke at Gamble Responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Thanks to Nutrient Equine, Albion Park Harness Racing Club and Racing Queensland for having us on the Gold Coast for winners this morning and race card. Um, looking forward to the sales and the build-up to the Sunshine Stars yearling sale, which will commence tomorrow. It's the first time Nutrient Equine are holding a standard bread sale in Queensland. A lot of positive, um, a lot of positive vibes at the moment for harness racing in Queensland. David Brick and... Greg Mitchell and um, the team here in Queensland have done a really good job. So um, you can watch the sale online as well at nutrientequine.com.au or just head to the Magic Millions Complex to um, watch the sales and even, who knows, you could even um, turn up and find your champion. But thanks for your company. I'll be back for Giddy Up on Monday morning from 8 o'clock. Have a wonderful day. Good luck on the punt. Gamble responsibly, 1-800-858-858. Trackside coming up next.